you know, there's, there's really no role that we do more importantly out here than ensuring that those that defend our country uh, are well fed, uh, are well equipped, and that they get taken care of in, after their service. And that includes creating an environment for them to be able to get a job. Now, here's a very interesting point. In August 2007, or 2014, the post-9-11 unemployment rate was 8.1% of post-9-11 veterans. Today, that is 4.7% in just a year. You had that significant drop. So I think it's important that as we talk about today the things that we can do and the things that we should be doing to ensure our veterans get a job, we also recognize how, how big of strides that we've made as a country, not just the government, by the way, but the companies that you all represent here that, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I go to a factory or go to a company where they say, we've made it our goal to hire 10,000 veterans in the next three years or something like that. And, uh, and that's an amazing thing. And frankly, you all know, you should know, uh, why hiring a veteran is the best thing for your company. They know how to work. They have a strong work ethic. They know how to work as a team. By the way, and this is, I think we should have more veterans in Congress because veterans in Congress understand that in doing things, we have to be able to work as a team. It's not just about getting the headline of the news. It's not just about acting as an island, but it's about coming together as a Republican majority, for instance, to get this done. Um, so it was, uh, it was, uh, it, it's something that I think we ought to celebrate. Let me just say this too before I, I introduce the first panelist, because like I said, I want to keep my remarks pretty short. Um, veterans are not victims. And I think one of the things that we have to be careful in how we talk is that a lot of times when we talk about veterans, we kind of coddle them. We talk about how special they are, and they're special. And we talk about how basically important it is that we treat them with kid gloves. There's some people that are under the presumption that if you ever served in the military, or if you ever served in the war, you have PTSD. And we ought to treat you as if we can barely talk around you. Now, let me tell you something. Veterans of the United States military are not puppy dogs and kittens. They are fierce warriors that defend this nation every day. And they ought to be treated like that. Now, we ought to make sure they have the care that they need. We ought to make sure they have the benefits we need. they need. But we ought to talk to them, too, and give them the dignity that they need as fierce warriors defending this country. You know, the other thing that annoys me, by the way, is when I hear somebody say, well, I'm tired of sending our boys and girls off to war. Let me just say this. We don't send boys and girls to war. We send people that raise their right hands to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and they're willing to do it on a daily basis. And they ought to be appreciated for taking that sacrifice and stepping up. So I just think that's an important thing to say when we talk about veterans, is these aren't victims. These are tough people that in some cases need help, but in all cases deserve every benefit and everything they get. With that, I want to introduce uh, the first panelist. She's a great friend of mine, and this is somebody that frankly, uh, I, I'm one of the, she's one of my best friends in Congress because she understands how to govern. Uh, she's very calm in talking about how to get things done for this country, and she has put this country and her service Frank, she's put this country above her career, which to me is something I respect as a military member. And, uh, and she's a great compadre on the Energy and Commerce Committee, and she knows medical stuff way more than I do. Ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce Renee Elmers. Running a little bit late on yeah. Why don't we have everybody come up there? Yeah, hey, everybody that's going to be up here, come on up, including our three veterans. And Rodney's here, so come on up, Rodney. Sporting that lovely facial hair. Love it. So um, I just
just, there again, I want to speak for a few minutes because I know, I mean, time is short and you want to hear from everyone. Um, I have the great opportunity of representing Fort Bragg and it is my honor to do so. I, am, I do not have a military background, but I have learned so much. Matt McKinney, who is here with me today, is my uh, military LA. We do everything we possibly can for our veterans and our military families and, and those who are serving. And we have had so, so many great experiences, and one of the things that we have done over the past years is, ha is hold a jobs fair, a recruited vet jobs fair. Last year we had 250 businesses that were actually coordinating with many of our vets or those who were soon to be vets who were coming out of the military. There again, you know, Adam brought up a couple of things that I think is important. Just as his background in the military makes him a good member of Congress, my background in nursing has done that for me as well, and understanding the importance of being a team. And that, you know what, it isn't the perfect that you're getting, you're gonna get the best possible outcome you possibly can, you gotta work towards that goal. And so that's why, you know, we're able to, to coordinate on so many different things. But you know, back home, our veterans are getting out, they're younger than ever, getting out, vets coming into the workforce, and it is our job to make sure that we, that we help. And as Adam said, and I have learned, they're not victims. They want the opportunities. We just have to help them and guide them in the right direction. And I think that's one of the things that's so very vitally important as we move forward. And, and I will say too, and, and for all the businesses that are hiring vets, you've got the best workforce you could possibly have in a veteran. And I will have to say that over the years that I have been serving, it went from meeting with businesses and hearing the conversation about, hey, are you, know, are you hiring veterans, to, as Adam, you, I echo what you said, it is always their goal to now hire more veterans and, and meet that goal. And they usually have a coordinator, an HR person who is in charge of that. So I am very excited about that because I have seen the transition that has taken place. And there again, it's really up to us in Congress to make sure that we're working on that effort as well and back in the district, because it is our number one issue back home is veterans issues and for our constituent services. So with that, I just want to go down the panel then. Rodney, well, station. Rodney, I'd ask if he was going through a life crisis, but I just shaved mine yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good beard too yesterday. Yeah, we could have had a beard off. Um, <laughs> By the way, I think companies are hiring veterans not because they want to do them a favor, but because they're doing themselves a favor by hiring them. That's what of course you can do. Uh, next, uh, my, my good friend Rodney Davis, a fellow Illinois congressman, a good buddy of mine, and somebody that understands Congress not just from a member's perspective, but served many years as a, as a staffer and understands that aspect of it, which is extremely important. Very proud to have you here, Rodney Davis. Thanks, Adam. Hey, uh, I, I appreciate this and the opportunity, and thanks to the Ripon Society, too, for all you do. Uh, we had a fun time in Prague and talking about some of the issues that affect our, our countries together and our uh, joint military alliance with the uh, Czech Republic. It reminded me of the important job that our veterans do every single day to protect our freedoms that we take for granted. Now, for the life of me, I cannot understand, though, how our military is the greatest fighting force in the nation and they let Ryan Zeke be a SEAL. They let John Klein carry the nuclear codes and they let Kinzinger fly multi-million dollar aircraft. <laughs> They're smart. <laughs> but it also goes to show you the quality of military leaders that we have in our conference, too. And they speak 
from a position of authority when it comes to dealing with not only national defense issues, but also our military and our VA issues when our veterans come home. Because they know them, they serve with them. And that's why I'm proud to now serve with them as somebody who's never served in the military. Uh, this is why also, uh, you know, it's great to have friends like Renee who have a military base in their district and understand that we can't take for granted the constituent service issues that our veterans face. As a matter of fact, I got pretty frustrated a few weeks ago after we got back from the Czech Republic when I heard another story about a, a VA failure to serve our veterans. And I called on Secretary McDonald to resign or be fired. I was just mad. I had over a hundred and still have over a hundred open cases for veterans in my office. Cases that I used to do as a staffer. That is wrong. And we shouldn't have our veterans coming to members of Congress to see their doctors. You don't call us to see your doctor. Veterans shouldn't have to do that either. Well, the Secretary McDonald didn't want me to insinuate that calling on him to resign got him to call me, but he did call me. So I'm not insinuating that. If you want him to call you, don't ask him to resign. But we had a very good conversation. He talked about some of the institutional changes that he's making at the VA, but I also got a chance to talk to him about the institutional problems that I still see with serving our veterans and getting them the health care benefits and the disability benefits they deserve. And I left the conversation by saying, we have to agree, Mr. Secretary, that no veteran should call you or me to see their doctor. That should be your long-term goal. We agreed. I hesitate to call for his resignation again, but I'm also going to be impatient because if we continue to have veterans call us and I have 100 plus cases open, that's unacceptable for us. And ironically, as I was driving after talking to the Secretary, it was amazingly coincidental that some of our cases were being solved as my staffer who was with me was in the car getting those case, uh, case closures. Um, that's part of our job too, is to serve our constituents, but it makes me angry that we have to when it comes to our heroes. Uh, veterans' jobs, I mean, this is, I don't, I don't want to reiterate what Adam and, and Renee said, but we, we've got to do everything we can to pair up veterans with opportunities. That's why I took an idea that didn't come in Washington it started at my Veterans Advisory Board. Uh, it's called the Hire More Heroes Act. I had more of my veterans ask me, why is it that veterans who get their health care through the VA or if they're active duty through the DOD, why is it that they count towards the employer's 50 employee limit in the Affordable Care Act? I said, I don't know why. So we came back, introduced a bill, passed virtually unanimously last year. It passed unanimously on the first day of Congress this year. And uh, it was surprisingly used as a Senate transportation bill when it came back over. <laughs> uh, I, I took that as a good sign. And in the end, on our temporary patch, it, the language was in there and it's now a law. A change to Obamacare that's going to incentivize small businesses in this country nationwide to hire more of our heroes. And it took everybody in our conference to make that happen. And thank you both for helping me on that. Thank you all for everything you do. And I will hear our heroes now. Well, thank you. Let me uh, <clears throat> let me introduce the first, and uh, um, I'll kind of give a brief intro, and then I have a question for each of these uh, folks. Uh, first is Chris Jackson uh, with Walmart. Chris joined the Air Force smartly in 1982 <laughs> and worked as a superintendent of mission support group at Langley Air Force Base. In July of 2012, he retired from the military as a chief master sergeant. These guys run the military, by the way. Um, 
and four months later joined Walmart through a job fair. He's currently a shift manager at a Walmart here in Alexandria. So Chris, let me ask you, as someone who utilized a job fair to land, to land a position with Walmart, would you care to explain what that process was like, what recommendations you'd give to corporations here today that might want to participate in, in job fairs aimed at hiring veterans? Sure, thank you uh, for the opportunity. Thank you for the question. Good morning. Um, for me, uh, I would consider it uh, what we call military <clears throat> very low threat. The job fair uh, presented a, a kind of a unique opportunity in, in that it gave me and others, other veterans uh, seeking uh, new careers, the opportunity to, uh, to address and ask questions for employers that were seeking us. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to go to a uh, job fair at Quantico Marine Base uh, and, and, and meet a human, human excuse me, a market human resources manager there named Marcia Goodnight, along with a store manager there. Uh, we did a relatively lengthy ver verbal exchange uh, where they got to know a little bit about me, asked me a little bit about, little bit about my background, uh, what I did uh, for, the, for the military, a little bit about my educational level, and I got the opportunity to ask them about, hey, what did you do for Walmart? And why, why should I join your team? Uh, after that kind of formal or informal exchange, uh, we kind of agreed, hey, uh, this is this is great for both of us. Uh, the managerial skill sets that I brought, the uh, training that I brought uh, to the team, along with what uh, they offered uh, veterans, uh, seemed to be a perfect match. Now, with with veterans, anyone that might be considering uh, bringing a veteran onto their team, uh, what you're going to get is a person that is motivated internally uh, to do uh, to do what is needed to get the job done. They're going to be selfless uh, by nature. They're selfless. When you get folks that come to the military, uh, that's what they do. They give, they give, they give. They don't ask much. Uh, you get a person uh, that knows or is very comfortable dealing in diverse environments. You know, And as we kind of diversify our labor forces uh, you know, in our companies, having a person that is very, very astute and steeped in, in dealing with diverse cultures and knowing how to make teams function and get them productive to the performing stage, you know, it's, it's kind of valuable, you know, when you think about it from a company standpoint. You know, you have different people from all across the, across the world working together. Uh, having someone there can lead that team, can understand the cultural differences, and, and kind of blend and meld those together in, into a performing, uh, high-performing team is just an awesome thing to do. Uh, also, uh, for companies uh, that might be, uh, you know, operating outside the U.S., a veteran Normally, at this point, uh, in, in, in kind of our operating dynamics, you know, they're used to traveling. There, there are no hangups with traveling. You know, they'll pack their bags and go when you call them. Uh, and, and when they get to a foreign land, it's, it's no big deal. Uh, they're usually very, very comfortable blending in and getting to know uh, the people around them, and again, being able to function and get things and get things uh, started. You know, and also, you know, veterans, as we've said, are very committed folks. Uh, they're there. They'll stick with you uh, to the very, very, very end to get the job done. They're there for, you know, to get results and usually those high quality results. You know, it's, it's a matter of pride for most veterans. So I don't think anyone that is seeking, uh, you know, someone of that caliber to be on their team, you know, is high performing, good at, at developing teams and, and willing to stick around to get the job done. It doesn't ask much, you know, that's your veteran for you. So. Yeah. Well, thanks, and that, that was well said. Thank you. 
especially the part about traveling too, because it's a lot of time on the road. Uh, next, uh, and thanks Chris, next is uh, Charles Barrett. Uh, Charles served in the United States Navy for three years as a training officer, where he prepared and presented weekly training topics to new personnel and junior and senior enlisted individual officers. He participated in two Western Pacific deployments and is a 2008 graduate from York College in Pennsylvania, where he earned a bachelor's <clears throat> degree in business and was a four-year member of the varsity men's soccer team. Charles is currently a business account executive with Comcast. Charles, thanks for being here, and let me just start by asking you, as a former training officer with the Navy, could you describe some of the specific skills uh, from your time on active duty that's helped you in your current job? Absolutely. Um, first off, thank you for having me. Um, a bunch of the skills I probably say I took over, uh, you know, I joined the military, I was 23. Um, it's kind of thrown into a leadership role right away, which I think uh, really helped me grow as an individual, uh, helped me mature. Um, so with that, you know, when you're kind of in a leadership role, I think uh, a lot of things are kind of put together with that. Um, you know, it makes you more accountable. Uh, time management, uh, attention to detail, uh, and then obviously you know, making sure that we're uh, operating as a functional team. Um, teamwork's always uh, driven into your head, uh, day one of boot camp till the last day you get out of the military. Um, so taking all those skills and then kind of transitioning into civilian life uh, with my job at Comcast now, um, I would say, you know, it really makes me, uh, you know, makes me uh, work with, you know, making sure that, you know, with my team, we're uh, always on time, you know, we have our monthly goals, making sure that we're always uh, ready to roll, we got everything that we need, um, and then as well, we, uh, sorry, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, uh, we make sure I come in, you know, with uh, attention to detail, things like that, you know, I was able to really learn our telecommunications process, our infrastructure, the products um, of Comcast, as, long, as well as our uh, competitors, to make sure that, uh, you know, when you're meeting with our uh, potential customers, that we're a resource. We're making sure that we're providing them the, uh, you know, the best needs, whether it's with Comcast or whatever else that they may need for their business needs. Um, also, being on deployments, being on detachments, uh, a lot of training ops, uh, you know, they kind of really build into like that mental toughness, uh, the perseverance. So, if you're out in the field or, you know, you're having a bad day, you know, normally it's not anywhere as nearly as bad as, you know, being 19 hours on a ship um, or, you know, eating, you know, uh, MREs that, you know, you're in the service, you know. Uh, so, you know, uh, a bad day um, here is, you know, nowhere near as badly as what it was when you're out in the field. Um, so I think, you know, you know, being able to persevere and, you know, my daily obstacles, um, I think it really helps. And I kind of, well, it shows with my team members as well. They see that, you know, you're able to handle a lot more. Um, stress doesn't really get to you as much. Um, so you're able to rub off and, uh, you know, really kind of instill, you know, that hard work, the mentality, you know, to keep, uh, keep pushing through, even though you might hit a couple uh, road bumps in the, uh, on, the, uh, on your daily, uh, daily tasks. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Uh, next, a uh, guy that I'm sure has had plenty of MREs in 32 years in the uh, military, Mr. Terrence Farmer uh, with Verizon. Prior to coming to Verizon as a consumer and mass business markets installation and maintenance supervisor, Terrence served 32 years in the U.S. Army and retired in 2014 with the rank of Command Sergeant Major. During his service, Terrence served two uh, tours of duty during Operation Iraqi Freedom, one during Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan, and deployments to Kosovo and Egypt. 
Currently, he's responsible for supervising a team of technicians performing installation and maintenance activities for Verizon's voice data and video entertainment services. Terrence, thank you for being here. Let me ask you, uh, what recommendations do you have for other veterans, for instance, who might be looking to join Verizon uh, following a long career in the military like yours? First of all, thank you all for having me today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for your commitment to military veterans. Um, for me, I first want to say it's an honor to work at Verizon, who's been recognized as the best uh, for military vets So by military time. So I appreciate working for a company that's focused on veterans. The one thing that I would say for a person looking to work for Verizon is one, find a mentor. Uh, it's, it's very important to stay connected. Oftentimes, we leave the military and we believe we can do things on our own, but it's very important that everyone stay connected. And if you're in the room and you are committed to veterans and soldiers, reach out to an individual because they don't always know where to go. And then I would also say start early. The sooner you start the process, the better your chances of getting the job you want. Know what you want, know what you're looking for in the job. I would also tell you to look past the surface of an organization. I thought Verizon was just a telephone company, but we have one of the largest fleet operations uh, in the country. We have financial managers, bankers, lawyers, and we even have a, a lobbyist. <laughs> <laughs> Look past the surface because there are so many opportunities out there. Uh, I would also tell you one thing about Verizon that was very helpful for me was they have a, a team of military recruiters. They have a team of individuals that focus on veterans and when I contacted them they made the process easy. They understood my background, they were able to map my career field, and they were able to help me apply those skills to the job that I was looking for. In fact, they even made the process easier because they knew what I wanted or what I was looking for better than I did. So that process, so, so you gotta stay connected and you gotta network and don't be afraid to use social media uh, and, and the one thing I would tell you about social media is it's only as good as you make it. You got to reach out to all of those connections. You got to ask for help and you just got to just stay at it. But I'm very happy to be here today. Uh, I appreciate you all for what you do and just keep doing it. Uh, veterans do matter. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mr. Farmer. I appreciate it. And you would be a good uh, command sergeant major at that heavy any day. So, <laughs> um, we have a, just a couple minutes left, so uh, what I think we ought to do is, is I can open the floor and see if anybody has any questions, uh, especially of our veterans. I mean, we're happy to take questions, but we do that all day, but whatever, go ahead. Mike, what I don't understand is you've got veterans up there, you've got a former staffer now member, got members, and yet it seems to me that still you're not bringing all parties to the room. The private foundations need to be brought to the room to work with you and the veteran community to better understand where to put the resources. While you can look at it from a government perspective, 
it's actually the private side and the private foundations that are investing huge amounts of money, but they want to see the results. And I think it would be a better idea to go to the private foundations that are committed to this process and bring the veteran community and the policymakers all into the room together so that when you're trying new initiatives, you might have some better outcomes because they're willing to put up the money and quite honestly, they're willing to lose the money in trying new things. Yeah. That's all good input. And, and I'll tell you, uh, too, maybe we ought to find out what's happened in the last year that's worked well because we see a, a rapid decline in veteran unemployment. But I appreciate your input. It's very good. I have a question for all three of you. And if you are not able to have the numbers right at, at hand, maybe some of your colleagues within your uh, own individual uh, corporation would be able. How many veterans does each one of your groups currently have or have hired and have projected for the future in terms of hiring? Terrence, we'll start with you. Currently at Verizon, uh, we have approximately 13,000 veterans on the payroll. Uh, uh, it's become a focus for the, the military team, they work with approximately 179 recruiters across the country for Verizon, and, and part of their mission is to go out and find qualified vets to come into the company. Chris? I don't have the exact numbers uh, on the top of my head. Uh, I know the company has committed 400,000 uh, to bring 100,000 veterans onto the team. Um, and do know about, about last year, we're about, I think about 50,000 towards their goal. Um, and it's aggressive, it's a very aggressive approach, um, you know, that they're taking to bring, uh, to bring these veterans onto the team. Only because I think uh, Walmart understands what, we, we, what we've been talking about here in the room today, uh, the, the actual value uh, that veterans bring uh, when, they, when we bring them onto the team. So uh, that's where we are right now. Uh, whether we'll commit more, I'm not sure at this point, but I know at least 100,000 would be great to team. Uh, same as well, I'm not sure on the exact figures. Um, I know that they are looking for the uh, 2015 year to bring in, I want to say, either seven to 10,000 veterans um, as well as spouses. Um, right now we also have uh, what's called VetNet Community, um, which is uh, it's basically a massive gathering for all Comcast veterans. Uh, within, so I know that's expanding as well. It's about 5,000. So, and then Renee, with your jobs fair thing, how many veterans normally shows up to, to your jobs fair, and when is your next one going to be occurring? Our next one is actually back in the district October 13th, and the numbers have grown as far as those who are coming. So, we'll get a couple hundred who will come through, and uh, what our office does is you know, we have the jobs fair, we try to promote it as much as we can, especially on social media. But then if there's someone who couldn't make it that day or, you know, for whatever reason may have found out afterwards, we make sure that our office is a resource as well so that we can connect <coughs> with all of the businesses that came to the jobs fair if there's someone who is reaching out to us for that opportunity. Well, uh, Jim, and again to Rippin, thank you. <clears throat> Thanks for everybody that's a member of this organization that, that promotes these, I think, fantastic discussions on a, on a wide range of topics. Uh, Renee and Rodney, thank you for your friendship and thank you for your leadership on these issues. Uh, as a veteran myself, I appreciate it and, and, and all that. And especially to our veterans, 
thank you guys for spending a little bit of time this morning to be with us and, and share with us your story. We wish you all luck into the future, and uh, we appreciate having you. For the rest of you, have a wonderful day. We do, uh, we, we'd like to give you, for those constituents that are coming to your offices, ancil items uh, in the national parks, and for our military guys, uh, Bill O'Reilly's killing patent. Just <laughs> quick, quick read, by the way. Anyway, but again, thank you all so, so much. And one last question before you go. If an organization or corporation, association, would like to reach out, what is the best way to reach out and find uh, the pool of veterans who are looking? Uh, I, think we'll, yeah. I think we'll work best. Um, I really do think the job fairs are uh, really, really awesome. Um, there are so, uh, there's so many resources at the job fairs, um, especially on base. You can really work with uh, the staff on base as well as the job fairs um, to make sure that the, uh, you know, the veterans are, you know, I mean, resume building is really, really crucial. Make sure that your resume is, you know, up to date. Make sure your uh, military skills translate to civilian skills. Um, and then, you know, really making sure that I mean, the GI Bill is a great thing as well. Making sure that they, uh, that they fully understand all the benefits that they're really receiving once they uh, transition out. I, I know from an Air Force standpoint, uh, you, you want to visit the Family Support Center uh, and get on that calendar uh, for each and every uh, what they call transition assistance program class or session that they have. Uh, that, to me, that far exceeds the job fair because the job fairs aren't as frequent as the TAP classes are. And the TAP classes uh, prepare veterans to transition out. Uh, so if you had a representative uh, from a company there that's seeking uh, to bring veterans onto their team, that would be an excellent, excellent platform uh, to do so. I, I agree with both, both for the gentlemen sitting here. The employment assistant office is, is a great start. Uh, also, if you can reach out to individual organizations, uh, say at Fort Bragg, 18th Airborne Corps, just go visit the command sergeant major. Uh, he'll put all his people in the room for you and, and let you talk all day. So lots of opportunities. Uh, just go and visit and knock on doors. And, and I think that's the key, knocking on doors and, and being, being visual, being there for people to see you and know that there are opportunities for veterans. Oh, Connie, last question. Uh, yes, I, I just hope that, thank you very much, that members of Congress and Yes, ma'am. I, I think it's so important to, to help people understand what the job that they're looking for brings. Because most of the time, they say when we, when we transition, it's going to be five jobs before you find out what you really enjoy doing. So that screening process, uh, helping people understand what they will be doing in an organization is very important. So I, I think you have to start there. Because many veterans don't know. Crunch time. I got I got my family to feed. I need a job. I just bought this new house. This this the job is what they need at the moment, but that's not necessarily the job that they want 
in the long term. So just just screening better and, and just hopefully allowing them to use the skills that they used to in the military. Uh, and that's something that they can bank on and, and be happy with, I believe. Okay. Thank you all. Have a wonderful day.